And breathe, everybody. Day one in the books. The Green Bay Packers took three receivers on the no, they didn't. The Green Bay Packers have finished the first round of the NFL draft, as has the rest of the team, uh, teams in the NFL. And we are live here to talk to you about just that. Hello, everybody. I am Jacob Westendorf, live in the game on Wisconsin Studios, but that's not nearly as exciting as some of these other people. To my right here, I have MJ Hurley and Joe Arrigo live in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right. They're at the draft and saw who the Packers took. Firsthand, a lot of fun. And my first question, Joe, since you're a Raiders uh, reporter, what the hell is on Derek Carr's head? Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the worst haircuts. Like, dude, his, his eyeliner looked magnificent today. Um, you know what? I'm glad he cut it because he looks weird with hair. Like, I mean, he didn't cut it during the year. It was all over the place. Um, Doesn't he normally have like a bald spot? I don't know if it's a boss spot. He got like a like a he takes like a like a regular the regular you know blades or whatever and just does a one. It's the easiest haircut next to mine you could do. I mean and and he, so yeah I mean but you know what it, it's what he does. I mean I'm not I'm not a big guy in terms. I'm saying I'm not saying I'm not a supporter of of him, but you know I, I'm also don't buy I don't believe a lot of the things that is being sold. So when it comes to him, it's honestly like blase. I'd rather have heard Darren Waller talk, to be honest with you. True. So there we have that. MJ, obviously, welcome to the show as well. Enjoyed uh, a bit of a newbie, and I have him here because maybe uh, maybe one of the big Quay Walker fans in this class, so that is Dale Gribble, who is actually more formally known as Rusty Shackelford, but you can call him <laughs> Nick Shy. <laughs> Nick, welcome to the show. Appreciate you stopping by. Let's talk, guys. The class comes and goes. We talked. My official prediction was moving up for a guy in the 13-14 range, one of those top receivers. I drank that Kool-Aid. I'll be the first to admit it. And then drafting a pass rusher at the end of the class, which they kind of did, but I'm not going to claim a victory on that in terms of my prediction. So if you lived under a rock during this draft process, the Packers took Devontae Wyatt, 28th overall defensive lineman out of Georgia, and 22nd overall, they took Quay Walker linebacker out of Georgia. Um, if you're going to build up a defense, I suppose the Georgia Bulldogs is a really good place to start. If you guys don't watch a lot of SEC football, that may be the greatest defense that has ever been assembled in college football history that just happened last year. And the Packers have two of those guys. That's a lot of players. And they've got a lot of dudes now that are from that team, and they added those guys. Let's start, guys. The first thing everybody wants to talk about, because the, unfortunately for every Packers draft pick for the last, it's not 20 years, but what, five. It is 20, five, years. 20 years. Well, I know that now, but it hasn't been complained about for 20 years. So probably at least the last five. Every pick is compared to the wide receiver that that player is not. Right. So here was my take going into it. I wouldn't have traded up to a let, and I don't know what the prices would have cost for Green Bay. I know it only costs certain players certain things to get to certain spots and all that stuff. We don't know what it would cost, but I wouldn't have traded up to 11. Unfortunately, that's where the Saints went to get Chris Olave, but they were also closer to that to get Chris Olave. I wouldn't have traded up a pass to get Jamison Williams. And once Jamison Williams was off the board, to me, there was no point in moving up for a receiver. And then, of course, Jahan Dotson went a few picks later. Traylon Burks went a few picks later with a – Blockbuster trade, by the way, 
for AJ Brown. Another thing that I know people are saying, why didn't the Packers get involved in that? $25 million a season is probably the answer to that question. Maybe a fair question, but we're not going to get into that too terribly much. The point I was getting at is once Burks was gone, my dreams, and they weren't even really dreams of mine, of a first-round receiver were, were done. I don't – especially at 22. I didn't think there was a guy there uh, necessarily with – maybe George Pickens, but it appears the rest of the league didn't agree with me. Nobody picked George Pickens today. Maybe he'll be a target tomorrow. Who knows? We'll see what happens with George Pickett specifically. But once Williams was off the board, I tweet. I think I tweeted it. Okay, no sense moving up now. There's really no need. Uh, the only, like, I mean, like Kyle Hamilton maybe, but I don't even know if I would have done that necessarily. There wasn't a pass rusher. Like the Packers had a chance to take Jermaine Johnson. They didn't. They had a chance to take George Karlaftis. They didn't. So there wasn't really anybody worth moving up for at any point on that. Nick. <laughs> Quay Walker doesn't help my fantasy football team. Therefore, he is therefore he is not a good football player. But once once Jamison was off the board, was that the end of you moving up for a receiver, or was there another guy that may have snuck in there? No, the only other player I would have moved up for is is uh, George Pickens, but that's only based off of my personal evaluation of him, as he's my wide receiver one. When you see Burks was the only other receiver to go, and he went, he didn't go until 18, and then no other receivers even fell off the board. So it's clear the NFL was in lockstep that none of these, no more receivers were worth a, a first round pick. You look at Kansas City, they didn't go uh, wide receiver. And it just, it just seems to me like uh, the, the rest of the NFL basically agreed with Green Bay that there was no more receivers to be taken tonight. No, I didn't think so either. And like I said, you know, Traylon, I think they would have taken Burks at 22. They were connected a lot. Uh, but the other thing they were connected to today, Joe, and you texted me this morning about Devin Lloyd. They were connected to Quay Walker, the off-ball linebacker. And ultimately, that is where the Packers went. And we've spent a lot of time talking about receivers. And like I said, I, I, I just, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about first-round receivers just because here's my thing, guys. It has been sold over and over and over again all this offseason, and I understand it to some degree at least, but it's been sold over and over that the only receivers that are going to be any good as rookies are drafted in the first round, and that's bullshit. It's not true. It, it just isn't. Can't if the cool. Packers, you know, Nick, I don't know if you've done your day two mock for tomorrow yet, but you sent me a message that said 53 uh, John Mechie, 59 Alec Pierce, 92 Jelani Woods. If you told me before the draft that Green Bay – doesn't matter. You didn't have to tell me what round. You told me before the draft, hey, Green Bay is going to draft these two guys, those three guys. I've been over the moon. I don't give a shit who they picked and when. I like all three of those guys. So I'm happy if they do that. And then tomorrow, you know, Gutekunst, I know there's some weeping and gnashing of teeth that we'll get to here in a bit about what Gutekunst had to say after uh, the class went today. But, Joe, you heard some whispers this morning about a linebacker being a possibility. And we talked about Devin Lloyd and we talked about Quay Walker. So when did you start to realize as the – as the Packers were approaching on the clock that like, Hey, this is going to be like maybe where they're going to go. You know, it, it's when they, when Jamison Williams went off the board, that's when I started because from that thing, MJ and I heard the same, same rumors that that was their wide receiver one. And that's who they were trying to move up and get. And after him was Olave and obviously they're both gone. So at that point, I don't think they wanted to reach for a receiver. If Burks fell to 22, that would make a lot of sense there. Cause he fit a lot of what they want to do, but 
you know, at that point, you know, when he got taken, you know, MJ and I kind of looked at her like, what direction are they going to go? What do we think? And we kind of mentioned Devin Lloyd. Um, we mentioned Jermaine Johnson at that time. We thought those are two guys that made a lot of sense. Dax Hill made some sense there as well. Um, Quay Walker didn't enter the equation because, you know, I thought they're going to go with Lloyd. They're, they've been connected to Lloyd. I talked to someone in Lloyd's camp earlier today on the way here to the draft, and he had contact with them and thought that could be a landing spot at 22. And when it took Quay Walker, I was like, oh. And the reason why I said it, and, and we said it on the recap we did earlier, when I watched Walker uh, play in the in the national championship game, he was in Jordan Davis's ass because he was misaligned. And he was in other other teammates, you know, he's getting their asses about them not being in the right spot, not going to where they need to go. He showed a leadership and an intangible quality that I love. He plays with a mean streak and this he just he can get sideline to sideline. I mean he, he can you can really run a lot of base base in today's NFL, which is just multiple defenses. You could run it with, with him and Devondre Campbell in the middle. I mean, you can go with, with John the star, with Sewell and, and Stokes on the outside. Uh, Savage and Amos, and then you got Walker and and Camp, you know, Camp with with Kenny and with Reed and uh, with Wyatt. Man, that you can run that defense all day, and they don't have to come off the field. And not a lot of feels can say that. It feels very San Francisco 49ers under Vic Fangio esque, and that's kind of what I want to get into here with you, MJ. Is with Quay Walker. We were talking about this a little bit pre-show on what the vision for this defense might be able to be. A couple things. Number one. Yeah, I, I, I think people, myself and as well, can stop doing the whole Green Bay will never do that. Green Bay won't pick that player. They won't pick that position. They won't pick a player that's that old in the first round because they did all of those things tonight. Yeah, all of them. So at, that's beside the point. What I'm getting at here is when you look at this defense, we've done Green Bay's done a lot of third safeties. Safety's playing linebacker like Morgan Burnett, like Sean Richardson, like guys like that. They've done two trash cans full of dirt playing linebacker. Like Jamari Lattimore and Brad Jones were starting linebackers at one point. That's a real <laughs> thing that happened in a real NFL game once. There are, there are so many things that Green Bay has tried to do to just get by that linebacker <laughs> position. And now somebody broke something. Now yep. – that was Aaron Rodgers, actually. Breaking news here on Game on Wisconsin. Aaron Rodgers is yeah, Aaron Rodgers is throwing things. Yeah. Anyways, they've done so many things to try and just get by at that linebacker position to now where me, I'm kind of – and we, get, we talked about it a lot before the draft too about how are they going to pick somebody to replace Henry Black like that. And they still could, I suppose. Doesn't feel like something they would do in a high role, but maybe – You said replace Henry Black. Like that's a – fucking loss like it's hard well, to do no that's his role. he played like, 300 snaps last year that's all i'm getting at pretty but, sure joe could replace henry black hey that's, that's hey, joe. I've, I've seen joe that's no walk. that's no slight on joe him. okay <laughs> <laughs> what i'm getting at mj anyway. is when those niners teams were at their peak right patrick willis navarro bowman and they just played base and nickel a bunch yeah. Green Bay tried to do that some last year. You know, everybody that thinks they knew what Joe Barry liked to do. I was like, I'm not so sure. I don't think Joe Barry liked to do. Well, and how do we know? He's only been here for one year. So out of right. preference, he only played Devondre Campbell as their linebacker quite a All bit. Right. But they had Jalen Smith. They tried to do that. He stunk and was cut within two weeks. Chris Barnes, they clearly don't think is a high-level starter. They just used a top 25 pick on a linebacker. 
now this Packers defense, I feel like, has instead of trying to fit square pegs into round holes to spots to get by, they're playing like normal defense and and kind of working that way. And I think that's something that could be a positive for them. Uh, what is your take on just that side of this Quay Walker pick? So I think, and, and Joe and I talked about this earlier. I think the speed that Quay Walker has gives them so much versatility. I think it was Zach Cruz that put out on Twitter um, that Walker has a faster three-cone drill than Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes ran a 4.21. Yeah, Stokes ran a 4.2 40-yard dash, and Quay Walker is 6'4", 245. So you have that large of a human being in the middle of your defense who can go sideline to sideline. He can play whatever position he feels like. I don't care if he wants to guard tight ends, running backs. I mean, he can – I really don't care what he does as long as he's on the football field for the Green Bay Packers. So and here's another thing on that front, just to cut you off here. Everybody was pissing and moaning last year when they were running Darnell Savage and uh, Kevin King out there against Mark Andrews. Guess what? Now they've got another guy. I don't know if Quay yeah. Walker's going to be successful at that. I don't know if he's going to be a good NFL player. Still but what I do know – Exactly. And Donnell Savage's skinny little ass isn't going to have to cover Mark Andrews who outweighs him by 200 pounds. So that's just something else they could throw in as the equation. I just, I feel like we do this every year and I got caught up in it as well. I'm just as guilty. I'll be the first to admit that we get caught up in wide receiver fever. And then when they don't take one, it's like, man, I'm so disappointed. Why? Well, if you like Quay, well, if you don't like the picks or the players, that's fine. Right. But it shouldn't be just because they're not one specific player position. But go and, on. And, and that's exactly what Gutekun said in the press conference a few minutes ago. He said, I'm not going to reach on somebody just because there's a WR next to their name. He, he's like, I'm going to pick the best player available. And the Which he's full of shit, by the way. <laughs> like, he just can't say that. Like, he can't say, well, oh, no, I'm not no I really do that. think from what Joe and I were hearing, they didn't want to reach for a receiver. They didn't want to overpay. They looked into trading up with a couple teams in the top 15, and they didn't like the price it would take. For them, they would be able to get more value overall in the entire draft by staying put. It's not that they didn't want one of those receivers. It's that they didn't like the price that was being shown to them. So that's that's that part. But going back to, to Quay Walker and what he just brings to the defensive scheme, I think the biggest thing is I, I the the pleasure of covering the Rams last year for their Super Bowl run. And one of the reasons they were so good is because Jalen Ramsey could actually play the star. They had two safeties and two corners who could defend on their own and hold their own. And so Ramsey could just roam. So to your point, you just made Jacob. If you have Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller lining up against the Packers, they don't need to sacrifice Jair Alexander or one of their best cover corners anymore to go shadow the best pass catcher because they have a linebacker. They actually have two linebackers who can cover in space. Obviously, they want Devondre Campbell playing in the middle for the most part, but now you have a speedy guy, a big speedy guy, who can play next to Campbell and complement him perfectly. That opens up so many things for everybody else. Savage and Amos don't have to play down as much because they have two dominant guys who don't miss tackles and can play the pass and the run. So it opens up literally for every single person on that defense all, all of the nine starters the Packers are bringing back, it opens up a lot of opportunities for Joe Barry to have fun with. And still allows you to do those fun things with your schematics, right? Like they could still exactly. add those things in as wrinkles, bring in Savage and let him blitz off the slot, stuff like that. 
specifically. They can do that. What I like about this Packers defense and the way it's being constructed is I feel like they can match up with whatever way you want to play. You want to play, spread us out and throw the ball all over the lot. That's fine. We got some pretty damn good pass rushers. And after they draft David Ojabo tomorrow, they'll have another one. And they're going to go, I'm just manifesting that. Um, He's not going to play in 2022 is going to be the problem, but whatever. We've got, we've got pass rushers. We've got corners and we'll be able to get after you that way. You want to line up and try and knock us in the mouth and run the ball. Okay. Well, we've got Devondre Campbell and we've got a deep talented defensive line rotation, which I'll get to here in just a minute. Nick, Dale, Rusty, whatever it is you're going by these days. When the pick was made, and this is something that I personally enjoy about you. Number one is that you have your own opinions and you don't get sucked up into what you know everything else is saying. But number two, you're very pronounced about your opinions. So I believe your tweet was, turn the fuck up. Was that what it was? That's right. Walker. So turn it up, baby. So why do we? Why do you like Quay Walker so much? What is it about your game that's t- getting you to yell, turn up? Basically everything that MJ and Joe have already mentioned about him, his height, weight, and speed, and his abilities and coverage, it means that the middle of the field is no longer open in Green Bay. For, how, for a decade now, the middle of the field has always been open. Devondre Campbell helped a lot with that last year, but now you're getting – Another player who's six foot four, two forty, and runs less than four six. When you have two linebackers that are that size and that fast, that you take out all options in the flats and in the middle of the field. It's it's very easy to get excited about what Quay Walker is going to bring to the table, and and there's not any other way to put it other than that guy's a dog. He's in your grill on every play. This team's getting attitude. No, it's it, it seems like like Goot is going after these guys with this cocky arrogance to them. And it's it's the time for teams to come into Green Bay in January and win a playoff game against the Packers. It's got to be put to an end. you got to get some attitude, and you have to get some dogs to, to stand up and say enough is enough. We're tired of being punched in the mouth and not punching back. You did that on purpose with getting some dogs because the Packers <laughs> certainly did two of those tonight. Yeah, yeah. Their last – their last three first round picks are Georgia Bulldogs. So shout out to uh, I almost said Mark Smart. That's not his name. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart. And that uh, program out there and his visor with his ten year old boy haircut, which is just phenomenal. But he's national champion that beat up on Nick Saban. So I guess I can't say much about him him that much anymore. And he's incredible. It's a really good program. But talking about it, the other pick was twenty eight, and I was this is the one that surprised me more. Just because Brian Gutekunst on Monday, Monday, that was four days ago now, as it's midnight here in the central time zone. I don't know what time it is where you guys live, but. Young. Got it. Okay. Well, I'm old and it's it's midnight here, but Gutekunst talks enthusiastically on Monday about how age, of course, is a factor in his evaluation with who he selects in the first round. And Gutekunst famously, the oldest player he's taken in the first round since becoming the GM, was Eric Stokes, 22 years old, and just turned 22. Devontae Wyatt is 24. Devontae Wyatt turned 24 in March. So he is going to be a older 24-year-old player getting into this class. Uh, Somebody that could probably contribute right away to this defense, which is helpful. Uh, But a defensive lineman, Jerry Montgomery said a few weeks ago they were looking for, you know, an interior rusher, somebody that, uh, could disrupt the pocket next to Kenny Clark. And they don't really have a guy like that right now. Letting Kingsley Kiki uh, go 
during the course of the season was unfortunate because it was just a talent drain at that particular position in that role in their defensive line room. But when they added Wyatt, I'm not going to lie to you when I said I was a little surprised just because I thought they might go uh, somebody, maybe the defensive line wouldn't surprise me, you know, Travis Jones or somebody that's a little bit younger, maybe a pass rusher, George Karlaftis was available, David Ojabo, Arnold Abikidi, some of those guys. They didn't go that route. Uh, obviously, pass catcher with George Pickens was still on the board. That was a possibility. They didn't do that. They took Devontae Wyatt. Um, it does need to be acknowledged. He does have a past, and this is all we're going to talk on on this particular topic because Gutekunst addressed it. And the team has decided um, that they're comfortable with that person. But uh, Devontae Wyatt has what is called a family violence, domestic violence issue. The two live together. Uh, what happened from there? Unfortunate. Uh, hopefully, Wyatt is somebody that has changed. But that is something that is a, a zero tolerance type situation, at least on on everybody's in here at Game On. So that's where we're going to go on that, Rob. But as far as the player himself does add to the skill set of this defense. And it's something, like I said, they didn't have. Um, and Nick, as far as defensive linemen went in the first, you know, I mean, Jordan Davis, I think was pretty widely said as to be the number one in this class as far as defensive tackles go. But where did Wyatt fall in that for you? And was that another excitement kind of pick or was it like, a, eh, whatever? Well, I was really excited about Devontae Wyatt, the player, but I had my reservations of him as a person. And sure. Any, anyone who knows me knows how where I stand with with anything like that with the whole Tyreek Hill thing. I slander him any chance I get, but that's it's all not we're going to talk about. If it's true, Nick, that's correct. Just that's all. That's all we're going to talk about with with that subject. Um, him as a player, he was my second um, interior defensive lineman behind UConn's Travis Jones. But when you when you look at them two as as players, they're two completely opposite uh, defensive tackles. Uh, why it's more of a slasher, a penetrator, and, and Jones is kind of a, a space eater and a pocket pusher. But um, it, it's it's uh, the perfect running mate for Kenny Clark. He reminds me a lot of Quinn and Williams, uh, maybe just scaled down a little bit. And he was also playing next to Jordan Davis, so you kind of grade that as, as you choose to. But on an individual scale, I think uh, why it's a better prospect than Davis is. So I think I think Green Bay added a very very big piece on their defensive line who could play a lot of snaps for them in year one. And when you say a lot of snaps, something that I like about this immediately is it probably means Tyler Lancaster is not going to be back in Green Bay. Those two are different players, but now you add in when you think about this Packers defensive line, Kenny Clark obviously is a stud. TJ Slayton was picked last year. He's still here. They signed Jaron Reed. And he's probably making the team. I don't. I wouldn't call him a roster lock necessarily, but I think he's about as he's about as likely to make the roster as someone like, say, Sammy Watkins is likely to make that roster. So you've got those guys, uh, and who am I? Dean Lowry, obviously now to go with Devontae Wyatt. So you got those five guys, a solid defensive line rotation. I think they're going to be able to move guys in and out on their defense. Wyatt is somebody that. Joe, I think because of his age, and I know defensive linemen typically take a year, but some of that is because their body is just as underdeveloped as this. But because he's a little bit older, maybe something that you don't have to wait on as much for him to be an impactful player on this defense. I don't I don't think the body type is a problem at all. He went to Georgia. Like that that that, that workout program and what they got going down there to get their body right is the only thing you compare it to is Alabama and maybe Clemson right now. So I'm not worried about body type. Like Eric Stokes came in, body type was just right, you know. So I don't, I don't care about the body type. What I like about Wyatt is he's another guy that gets after it. Like you mentioned it earlier, when you have players that have a play with a mean streak, 
Like they're not going to take no BS from anybody. And I think that's something that for a long time, and you and I talked about it privately. I think we talked about it publicly as well. Green Bay's been pushovers. They may have one guy, maybe be not anymore. And I think that starts with Jair Alexander and his attitude. They've kind of taken his attitude where, you know, when you seen in his rookie year when he ran through uh, Adam Thielen to get to Stephon Diggs on, the, on that little bubble screen. And I was like, oh, and then they, that, that's kind of been the template. They want guys that are mean, nasty, aggressive, fast, that can get to the ball, rally around the ball, and hit with the purpose. And that's something you see with Wyatt. He's going to get to the quarterback. And, you know, he plays the run pretty well, too. I mean, and, and let's be real. If you can upgrade over Tyler Lancaster, I mean, do. yes, you need to. Like, it's like he's trash. He's trash in the sense where from NFL linemen, he's trash. Maybe he can go play in the USFL and be dominant or go play in Canada and have a good career. But as for what he's doing in Green Bay, he's he's not that guy. And now you upgraded with Devontae White, who should come in, who should come in day one, along with Reed and play with Kenny Clark. Now those, those guys right there, TJ Slayton slides in. And then this the, now I think it's also is interesting with Dean Lowry, because that's a four million dollar cap hit. I'm not a capologist. I don't play one, I don't claim to be one. But that's four million dollars you could save if you get rid of Dean Lowry. I like Dean Lowry as a rotational player. Now I don't know about that at that salary, but if you can afford to keep him, cool. If not, move on from him. You free up some salary. You can go get somebody else potentially, you know, down the road, or you draft another young guy. Because look, they got nine picks tomorrow. We all know that they're not going to draft nine guys. And when you and you and when and when when you guys jokingly said uh, Pickens, somebody else, and Woods, or Michi Michi. Pickens and Woods or whatever it was, or Mitchie Pearson. You know what? I'll go Watson, Michi, and Woods tomorrow, and I'm 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 a happy man. Yeah, honestly, I'm a happy man if they did something like that. And we jo- we jokingly talked about it. I will do that tomorrow. I'll take two pass catchers and a tight end. Yeah, they could do a bunch of stuff like that. There's a lot of things they can do. You know, another name you didn't mention, Tyquan Thornton, is somebody that they've been connected to a lot. Mm-hmm. Romeo Dubs is somebody they've been connected to a lot. Love There's guys. There's guys. Trust me, guys. There's guys. And here's the other reality. I know there are guys in the recent past, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, players like that that have made massive impacts as a rookie. And could that have happened in Green Bay? Certainly. But it's just not likely that, like, for somebody to say, oh, they need somebody that could be a wide receiver one right away. That's probably not going to happen. Regardless, and I love Chris Olave, I love Jamison Williams, all those guys, but they're not going to be the team's best receiver right away. This offense is going to look a little different next year than it has in recent years. But back to the Wyatt pick specifically on that. Uh, MJ, last year, or right after, right before the season ended, after the season was over, somewhere in that time frame, Gutekunst talked about how he thinks over the last couple of years that the team has become a bit more rugged of a football team, and they've invested a lot in the front seven they've invested a lot in the offensive line they've drafted i think it's eight offensive linemen in the last three years so that's quite a few obviously drafted a lot of guys in the front seven on their defensive line what's your take on wyatt again adding to just kind of the ruggedness of this team and maybe like maybe the goal for the packers team in here is what's up duke um maybe the goal for this packers team is to and they still can win with their quarterback 
and throwing the ball because they have Aaron Rodgers, who, if some of you claim is the greatest quarterback of all time, why does he need a first-round receiver is kind of my rebuttal on that. But now they can also beat you on defense. And, you know, if they got to win 17 to 14, they can. Why not? They certainly can. What's your take on that? Well, Jake, it's funny you bring this up because I was having this debate basically on my my show today uh, throughout – the course of the first round. And the thing I always say is Aaron Rodgers took Jeff Janice to the NFC championship game. So no, I thought Janice took Rodgers. Oh yeah. I, sorry. Janice. Yeah. yeah that's, Janice that's, took Rodgers. Right. What it was, Cause yeah. Rodgers is trash. Yeah. Um, the Packers <laughs> went to the NFC championship game with Jeff Janice as their number one right receiver in that, uh, in that contest. So I'm not inherently worried about having Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins among others, Amari Rodgers as uh, the main wide receiver core. I am worried about the defense that has collapsed numerous times in the playoffs throughout Aaron Rodgers' career and throughout my entire lifetime watching the Packers. So, you know, the the L.A. Rams won a Super Bowl this year. Was it really because of Matthew Stafford? Yeah, he made some good plays, but it was also because the Rams were able, when it was really needed, to hold down one of the most dynamic young duos football has seen in the last 10 years in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So I think if you want to win in this league, you need to be able to match what is a fast-paced, high-scoring, receiver-based league. There's a reason that receivers are getting paid $30 million. It's because that's how offenses are going. So if you want to stop a team, you have to be able to you have to be able to play and win on defense. So but 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 that, that leads to a good point though. Why is it that you have to follow the same pattern as everybody else? I mean, the thing that, that made that makes Bill Belichick a genius is everybody's going spread. He's going to pound you. And, and it seems like Green Bay is going to the beat of their own drum. Yes, they're kind of mimicking a little bit like you talked about the 49ers being, you know, from the years past. But now it looks like they're like, we're going to do it our way. And we're going to do it a way that's different than the rest of the league. And I actually really like that. And I think the biggest thing – Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee show pretty much said what we've been saying. And we're not NFL GMs. And Rodgers said at some point you have to trust the organization. Listen, Rodgers has the guys in that room that he wants to have. I think drafting Wyatt gives you he – w- he was one of the main leaders in Georgia. So you get another leader. We already know Kenny Clark will go toe-to-toe with anyone on the inside. You have a leader. You have – proven success at every single level, whether that's veterans or whether that's rookies, because you've got Jair and Eric Stokes. You've got Amos and a younger Savage. You've got now Campbell, and you've got Walker. And then you've got Kenny Clark. You've got uh, Devontae White. So you have youth and you have experience at every level. And I think that's going to be huge for the Packers, especially because they need success cheap. And so, you know, going after A.J. Brown, yeah, that would be cool. Going after a wide receiver, that would be cool. But at some point, if the Packers are going to keep Aaron Rodgers, they have to win cheap, and an interior defensive lineman can win you games while also not costing $30 million. Yeah, that's certainly something that is uh, worthwhile. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty funny, but um, (laughs) Joe, is there something I don't know? Well, well, we mentioned that earlier, but – he is old enough to be my father. I am. He's, old, he's the oldest, my oldest child. 
There you go. Well, I'm not going to age Joe any more than I already have. I will say this, what you guys talked about is I, I do think that there is a way, a blueprint to win a championship in the national football league, right? Passer, pass rusher, pass blocker, pass defender, and then pass catchers come in there at some point as well, but it's built around the passing game. That being said, yeah. The only thing that Green Bay is not really well stocked in in those positions I just mentioned is pass catcher. Pass rusher, they got a couple of those, and they're both pretty good. They've got corners with Jair Alexander. They've got, obviously, uh, Alexander Stokes and Rasul Douglas. And pass blockers, if they can get their guys back, then they're going to have David Bakhtiari and either Yosh Nyman or Elton Jenkins playing on the tackle. And then, oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the reigning league MVP is your starting quarterback. So, they're cool. well stocked in those spots mm-hmm. and they've got some guys they can add here in the next couple of days. So that should be fun. One question. I know Joe mentioned it earlier. I feel like we do this on a yearly basis. I will say this. It's may, it'll be may 1st when this draft ends. Cap space is not the name of a player and cap space does not help you on the field. And Dean Lowry is also a good football player. Like, I know Lowry takes a lot of shit on Twitter.com because they gave him an extension and people like connect that to them also cutting Mike Daniels because it happened within like a day of each other or something like that. Kind of like the Jordy Jimmy Graham thing, but on a much lesser level. Uh-huh. Lowry right now could be this team's third or fourth defensive lineman if Wyatt's good right away. That is a really good spot to be in. Yeah. I don't see much purpose in moving on from Lowry. Maybe next year. I think his contract's up after this year, anyways, but I'm all for it. Keep him. Because this Packer, how many times have we gone through like the year and been like, man, if if the guy next to Kenny, whoever that is, rolls his ankle, now we're talking about Jack Heflin having to play significant snaps. Like sometimes, and especially on this is especially true on defense. On defense, it's almost about who your worst players on that side of the ball are. Like, because whoever your worst players are, that's the one the team's going to be like. Like Tom Brady talked a bit about this on, I think it was LeBron's show. What's the name of that show LeBron has? The Barbershop. Barbershop. Yeah. Shop. The shot, whatever. Brady was in there and he was basically talking like, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, once I figure out you suck, you're the one I'm going for. Yeah. And I'm just going to target you over King. and over and over uh, again. Kevin King. It was Kevin, yeah. And in the NFC Championship game, it was very obvious. That was KK and that was Ch- uh, Shannon Sullivan. Guys, he identified as matchups for them. So that's the curiosity um, on that. I, I don't think that. I don't think the Packers should cut Dean Lowry. And like I said, cap space is not the name of a player. And I say that all the time. Cap space, they don't hand out trophies for having the healthiest salary cap. If they did, then Green Bay would have won a few more by this point. And they have, but they don't. So, and you guys kind of know how I feel by this point about that. I don't think that's something that can be understood by somebody that doesn't work in the organization. So it's my opinion. That's not a dig at anybody in particular, even though, kind of turned into an argument last week that wasn't my intention when that happened but that is what happened so it is what it is um well let's get, get back to this guys fits. tomorrow just skirt fits get a matching purse <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> is day two of the nfl draft the packers are going to uh, pick presumably 53 59 and 92 gutekunt said today that quote he doesn't have to take a receiver tomorrow uh he's full of crap let me say that much <laughs> Um, I'm not saying he's got to trade like all of his picks to make sure he picks 33rd tomorrow and gets one, but 34 is okay. They need yeah. one. They need one. And you know, maybe I went a little overboard and saying they needed like three or something like that, but they need one and maybe two. 
and to start rebuilding this room a little bit. Because otherwise, if they don't pick one, then you're looking next year at the only receivers that they have under contract again are Amari Rogers, like Sammy Watkins, one year deal. Alan Lazar, first round pick. First round pick. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. For all the fan, for all the fantasy guys watching, Sammy Watkins was a first round pick. That's right. Sammy was at, that's right. At wide receiver. So at the point I'm getting at is those guys in the receiver room. Now they don't have anybody that's under contract long-term except for Amari Rogers, who wasn't really a receiver. He didn't contribute last year. So it's, it's hard to envision what that could look like. Could he make a jump this year? Certainly, but we don't know. Randall Cobb may not be back. Um, after this year, Lazard and, and Watkins, the guys I mentioned like that. Then you talk about guys like Juwan Winfrey and Malik Taylor. And it's just kind of a whole lot of blech. just Jags, you know, for lack of a better term. So can they add some guys tomorrow? Sure. And there's a lot of guys available. You know, the second round is where Christian Watson is kind of in that sweet spot for me. Uh, John Mechie, Alec Pierce, Jalen Tolbert. Um, I, I know I'm missing guys. Uh, George Pickens. Pickens, Dubs, Thornton. I mean, like Fellas Jones. Like, there's guys. Trust me, guys. There's guys. Dubs. Hey, look, man. Look, I I got a chance to watch Romeo Dubs play in the last three years, three times, um, in person. And this is a dude that fits to a T what Green Bay looks for in a receiver, from height, weight, speed to catch radius to what he can do with the ball in his hands, and he adds extra value returning kicks and punts. Like he, he's a big dude, and he's strong. He's physical. He likes to block, too. When you play up at UNR, they, they require the receivers to block. And this is a guy that, you know what? I can see him going second round. Like, it dubs in Michi. I can see, like, a pairing like that. Because I think Michi's another guy. I think they really like him. You know, and, and the reason why, and I, I want to explain myself. The reason why Jamison Williams, I think they had him number one on their board was because he's got a different gear getting to the ball. His speed is just it's just different. He, he can get himself open, but to, to really get open, like he, it's effortlessly, he's like a second or third gear that nobody else has in this draft. Michi's a guy that probably has the next best. And you see that with him, and yeah, he's coming off an injury, but you got that type of top-end speed. And Dubs is, you know, I don't care about a 40 time. I've watched him outrun DBs that are 4-4 DBs and not get caught from behind. And, and – just be a monster. I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams. There's only one Devontae Adams, but there's a lot of traits coming out of UNR that Devontae had coming out of Fresno State that Romeo Dubs has. So I really like – Dubs is a name to keep an eye on, and I know they had a visit with him. I was wouldn't be surprised if Dubs is a guy that may go a little earlier than what Packers fans think. Well, and here's the thing, and this is what I wanted to get to, because when everybody starts talking about, oh, this guy could have been available here, this guy could have been available there, or I got this dude in this mock draft there, none of the mocks had that. It's like, none of that stuff's relevant. They're fun exercises. I enjoy doing them. We'll have one come out on this website tomorrow. The idiot below me is writing one as we speak. But <laughs> they're not the gospel, and everybody's like, oh, this guy's a second-round player. He won't be there. This guy won't be there. Like, Jermaine Johnson was mocked as high as – fourth he went 26th that is way off well i think the jets got great value right and value is completely relative and so is positional value and so is all the other fancy buzzwords that get thrown out there all the time the same shit was said last year about eric stokes eric stokes is a reach well 
He was probably the best rookie corner in his class last year. Him or Greg Newsom, one of the two. Patrick Sertan exists. That I'm not sad about because the Packers should have traded their quarterback for Patrick Sertan. But yes, you're right. Patrick Sertan is another one. Either w. way, in w. the conversation, W for that. So where you got guys in your mocks, those are just simulations. Doesn't matter. Because the NFL, like when somebody's like, oh, Quay Walker wasn't mentioned in the first round until this week. I promise you, I promise you, this week was not the first week that everybody was like, oh, Quay Walker. Like in the NFL, like, oh, Quay Walker's going to be a first-round pick. Daniel Jeremiah called Quay Walker a first-round pick two months ago on Move the Sticks. I heard it with There you go. There you go. I didn't know. I didn't even know that. But simulator says no, no, no. So your simulators don't matter. All that other stuff doesn't matter. All I'm saying is if the NFL has something, they probably know what they're doing. And Brian, if anybody has earned the benefit of the doubt, it's Brian Gutekunst. Because I'm gonna save, yeah. save for – that was Brian Gutekunst, by the way, just checking in with Joe and MJ. He's saying what up. Yeah, go, go drink that Jameson orange for us. Mm. Was it? We don't know. We'll never know. It wasn't on the camera. But you'll never find out if you don't watch the show. If anybody has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the draft, it's Brian Gutekunst, especially early. Because save for a bad quarterback – He's drafted corner. You just called Joe hey. I sure did. Jair yeah. Alexander, Darnell Savage, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes. Both of those guys, unquestionable hits. They're good. Even if you think Savage had a bad year last year, and he did, he's still a good player and worth the 21st overall selection that he was in that draft class. And then there's Jordan Love, which everybody's going to have an outlier, and maybe Jordan Love will still be good one day. We have no idea. I didn't like him coming in, so that's why I call him bad now. But if anybody's earned that benefit of the doubt, it's Brian Gutekunst. Maybe Wyatt and Quay Walker will stink. It's possible. But what if they're really good? Are you still going to be pissing and moaning that they weren't Christian Watson at 22 and George Pickens at 28? Probably. Good morning, actually, will be. Yeah, everyone will be. Which you whatever. Know, it was refreshing to not be on Twitter because the Wi-Fi in here sucks. Um, and yeah, was, I'm looking right now. Don't go and, on there. And, and, and you know, well, see, I'm, I'll, I will when I go home. And it was refreshing being in here, not being on Twitter as often as I am or, or you know, and whatnot. Because, like, like today, Jacob, let's, I'll, let's pull the curtain back. I texted you. I mean, I was on two hours sleep from last night being out here doing it, you know, working. And I texted you and someone else, and I said, like, what the hell happened to Packers Twitter with such and such? And why is all of a sudden Jordan Love a name that the, best, the top quarterback in this draft? You know, I had no idea because I was, I was, you know, you're when you're here, you're you're running around. Here's the deal, and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. Everybody has an opinion, and, and nobody knows what goes on in Brian Gutenkun's mind. What he, what the board really truly looks like. There's a reason we're not GMs. Ex- exactly, because if I was a GM, I'd be taking a receiver every year. I mean, seven deep at receiver, like it's what it is. Um, but Rest of the team might suck, but yeah, I mean, hey, but we got dope ass receivers. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like nobody really knows, and for someone to always sound, you know, absolute and definitive when their assessment of something, I, like I know what I'm told. You know what you're told, and we we share stuff with each other, bounce stuff off each other. Jake, we share stuff, we talk to each other about it. A few other people that that's trusted in the circle, and and like okay, we're, we're hearing different things, or we're hearing the same thing. There's some truth to that, but to come out and say, "Well, this is because of this reason and this," 
Like, look, RAS scores are great. It's anal analytics are a, a tool. They're not the rule. And, and people that want to use them as, as the rule, they, they deal, now they're dealing with absolutes, and that's not how this works. The board didn't fall well for receivers for, for Gooden Cuts. It's what it is. It happens like that. In past years, he did try to trade up and get guys that he wanted. This year he did. The price was too much. Washington wanted way too much at 11. I mean, way too much. And look at what they got. And then when New Orleans jumped, it was like, okay, let's just sit back and just take the best player available and let's just build this defense to become some monsters because at the end of the day, I'm, we're tired of people coming in to Lambeau Field in January, kicking our ass, being out physical, Devin White talking trash, or, you know, the 49ers coming down and can't get in a stop and getting off the field on third down because our linebackers are slow or our, our, star, our, our best cornerback, our best defensive player is playing with a bad shoulder and he's gutting it out for his team and couldn't make a tackle, which is okay. I'd rather have him out there trying to make a tackle than being on the sideline. They are just saying, we're going to go out there, we're going to kick your ass on defense now. And when's the last time we can say that in general with Green Bay? We, we, there's no long 2010. Yeah. It's only because even like some of the other here's the other thing too is I talk about this a lot when it comes to like the Bears and I'm not trying to pick on the Bears but whatever I will. If they had anything that like Mitchell Trubisky for example did some nice things his rookie season and of course it was very easy for that fan base to buy into that because they haven't looked at what a good quarterback actually looked like in their life. The Packers with defense is very similar. We've talked ourselves into defenses that aren't actually that good. 2019 is a very good example of that. A defense wasn't that good, but we talked ourselves into it being good because it had some nice moments. The same, honestly, I know how the last season ended, but last season ended and the Packers defense at the end of the day still wasn't very good from the whole season sample. Like I know they had a really good ending to the season, but the whole year sample wasn't very good. Here's the last thing I'm going to say here on this because we're running a we're running really long than I thought here. Like you mentioned, you guys mentioned tomorrow morning, talking head shows are going to talk a lot about what Green Bay didn't take. Fan bases of other teams are going to go LMAO. You took this dude, whatever, blah blah blah. A lot of that noise comes from fan bases of teams that get their ass kicked by the Packers on a year in and year out basis. So maybe just throwing this idea out there possible maybe the packers are a better organization than the one you root for chicago minnesota detroit specifically i'm just throwing it bold out. you sure bold are you sure did the supreme ruler say that too no that's oh, not what kyle brandt's gonna say on good morning football tomorrow fucking jerk off <laughs> go be wrong go for a game whatever dude <laughs> fine fine think all you want but that's here's the thing and i've said this a million times the next postseason game that Green Bay loses in the Aaron Rodgers era because of a lack of offensive firepower will be the second. First one was that Arizona game that MJ talked about earlier where he was dragging Jeff Janis and Jared Aberderis down the field. But that was a team that Devontae Adams was playing on one leg all season. Jordy Nelson's leg blew up at the beginning of the season. Randall but that's it. Back from a microphone. Randall Cobb got hurt that game as well. So that that's the only other one they've never lost because they didn't have enough firepower. And the last playoff game they lost wasn't because of a lack of firepower. It was because the quarterback stunk. The league MVP pissing on his leg up and down the field. Got everything he wanted. Home field advantage, cold, snow, all that stuff, and peed on himself. Doesn't mean you got to change everything. Just he needs to play better. 
Now, do the Packers need to add pass catchers today? Yes, I think they do. Yeah. Do I think they will? Yes, I think they will. But stop making it this idea that just because they don't help your fucking fantasy team, that they're not good football players. But Madden Walker. Well, I don't really care about Madden. I don't care about <laughs> fantasy football. I don't care about any of this. Oh, my goodness. But yeah. my dynasty league. The NFL is one with big players. I need and shares of Chris Olave. Very good example. Watch this past year's Super Bowl. Cooper Cup might have won the league or the Super Bowl MVP, but that is Aaron Donald's Super Bowl MVP award on his mantle. Hundred percent, yes. Number 100%. two, the Bengals had the advantage as far as skill talent: Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Uzoma, Mixon, etc. Why didn't they win? Couldn't, couldn't block, block Aaron Donald. Sorry, guys. That's what I'm going to leave you with. So. Yes, Green Bay pick pass catchers tomorrow. No, just because they didn't take one in the first round doesn't mean they're disrespecting slapping Aaron Rodgers in the face. I promise every single time the Packers do something you don't like, you don't have to make the quarterback a martyr. You don't. He chose to come back. He knows the deal. They talked. Everything's fine. So that's going to do it for this edition of our day one recap. MJ and MJ's dad will be back tomorrow to recap (laughs) day two for you guys throughout the course. Nick will have a day two mock-up tomorrow. And then I will be celebrating – uh, the wedding of our friend, Brandon Snide. So, Brandon, congratulations to you and your wife, Denise. Looking forward to that. Everybody else, enjoy day two of the draft. Enjoy day three of the draft. And then it's time to get ready for the regular season. So, very exciting for that stuff. We can stop talking about what could be and start talking about what will be. Thanks for listening. See you guys again.